Dead or alive, you are coming with me. He wants to be good little boys now so we can fight some more for them in the future. Some more they'll decide on. We'd rather fight our own war right now. Without further ado, it's time to start running! I see three of them out there. Hit the one in the middle. Right! Hit the one in the middle. Welcome to the party, pal! Apparently it's rusted junk and we're looking at it. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Rusted Junk, where we look at the 1986 film Running Scared, starring Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. Let me tell you something. When you've been cops this long, you are not fit for anything else. We're looking for some new career challenges. Yeah, something with a future. Show me another career they let you shoot people. Give us your money. You're mugging us? I don't believe this. You better believe it or you're dead. Oh, come on. Let us keep the driver's licenses and the snapshots. And our badges. I can't believe that you missed all six shots. What are you talking about? I hit the windshield six times in a row. I'm the one who made him swerve. Oh, you made him swerve? Yes, sir. You always aim low anyway. Oh, good. Nagging me. Now, nagging is good. You owe me ten bucks that I never said anything. You want it now? Yeah, I want it now. Did I come at a bad time? Follow that car. Oh, now you're going to criticize my driving? Well, just that you get to do all the dangerous stuff and I get to parallel park. <laughs> so, running scared then. What did you uh, What did you think of the trailer? Um, yeah, it's all right. It's nice and eighties. I think the trailer makes the film look better. Better. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Bef- yeah. Before we get into scores, um, mm-hmm. scores yeah. on the doors. Yeah, it definitely makes it look better. Um. Uh, this is one of those ones that I have to apologise for. A bit oh. like, a bit like Leviathan. I always thought this was better. Oh. I always thought, I, I thought this had more action in than I thought. I thought the quips were better. I thought the jokes were better. I mean, I haven't even t- told you the score yet. But you know, I mean, we'll get into that in a moment. I could sense it's not going to be in the eight zone. Can I, can I go first this time? Yes. Then for a change. Um, no, you're right. It's not going to be an eight. Um, I guess I'd uh, if it's under five like you know Roadhouse oh dear no if it is under five then it means I never want to watch it again oh. I wouldn't like unlike Roadhouse I would watch this again but I'd leave it for a bit and, and <laughs> what, I'd watch it another 20 years <laughs> well I'd watch it simply for the two main characters which I th- which I think are, are good yeah but the, the film just completely lets them down yeah so I'm going to squarely sit 100% definitely firmly on the fence with a five. Oh, wow. Do you want to know what mine is? Is it going to be higher? Is it higher? Higher or lower? What what do you think? I don't know, because the way that you just said that, it makes me feel like, oh, I was surprised you're going to give it a five, because I've given it a six. I've given it a six and a half. Whoa. I know. That's unusual. It's my film. Wait a minute, it's my... Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
It's my film. I mean, I'm I know. the one that promotes it. Your choice. It. Yeah. Oh dear. That doesn't mean that I'm not. I can never pick films again. No, ofs. <laughs> you pick some. You pick some. You pick Roadhouse. So you know, that's fine. The first three. Well, you pick Leviathan. True, but it wasn't a three. <laughs> the four. You picked Prancer. Uh, well, only be- yes, uh, <laughs> because I wanted something Christmassy, and boy, did I fail on that one. Oh God! But yes, anyway. So six. Well, you got to. Shall I justify my five, or do you want to justify your six and a half? Um. So in fact, yeah. Go on. Try and convince me, Ryan. I was trying to get a couple of points off. Points off you the other day for whatever podcast. I was trying to lift it from. Is it Rocky? F- yeah, I was trying to lift Rocky. I'm trying to lift some points off there, and you were having none of it. Uh, so go on then. Let's see if you can turn my five into a six. Oh, okay. Um, Spoiler alert: It's not going to happen. But oh, anyway. okay. But go uh, on. What, should I bother then? No, well, no, because it, well, well, yes, because then you know, tell me a bit about how you felt about the film. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So, um, I was just wondering when was. Oh dear, she's looking stuff up already. Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. When was... E- uh... Oh, hang on. You're going to say, when was Lethal Weapon? Yes. 1987. So that was after this? Yes. Right. Yeah. So, there no... Um... Consider this a film, Lessons Learned. <laughs> well, it is. A precursor. It feels like it. There no... Um... Like, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover, are they, really, in it? No. Although they do have a chemistry, but it it oh they have a chemistry yes. yeah yeah but yeah. it's not very in your face. It's all a bit subtle, I think. Okay. But I'm not selling it, am I? But um, I, I think there was potential there. To be honest, I think you know. I'm not a huge fan of Billy Crystal anyway. Oh, right, okay. That's... So he, he kind of annoys me. That's surprising. Okay, I guess with Billy Crystal, you probably either... Uh, uh, I guess there's no middle ground. Yeah. You either really like him and genuinely think he's he's good in what he does. Yeah. Or you yeah, kind of like it annoys it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there was some funny stuff in it. Okay, well, I, yeah, there was. But um, it's But it's them. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 given... was, it was their kind of, not monologue, but their um, dialogue together. Yeah. And I think some of that must have been ad hoc. It, well, it must have been. And spoiler alert, it doesn't come up in trivia time. Oh, whether does it or not, not? Whether or not if it was Oh, that's that. no. interesting. Because I think a lot of it would, would have been just made up on the spot. But there, there's a lot that's not right with it. <laughs> yes, I mean, we'll get, we, yeah, we'll definitely get to that. Yeah. They're, they're just, it's the wrong film. They, I think they generally get on. I think they generally would go out for a beer afterwards. Um, I think they would hang around together. And I think they, they, that it comes across. The two of them work really, really well. But they're just in the wrong... I don't know what this is. Yeah, the, the plot was a bit haphazard. The plot was, the plot was yeah, haphazard. Great. Absolutely, yeah. That's the word I've not used yeah, in no, many yeah. years. Well, we haven't used, certainly haven't used haphazard. it on the podcast. But... The, the villain is awful the villain's dreadful mm. he's not menacing at all no if you I was looking this up if you go to well, I actually didn't need to look this bit up um, if you look at Lethal Weapon um, I don't know how much you remember about Lethal Weapon 
But Mr. Joshua in Lethal Weapon was the bad guy. Mm. Okay, he's played by Gary Boosie, right? You know, slick back, blonde hair, you know, the glasses and everything. He's basically the big bad guy that Mel Gibson has the fight with on the lawn at the end. Oh, right, okay. And how he tests his loyalty is the guy that hired him um, flicks a lighter and he holds his hand above it. Yeah. And, and he's wincing and he's wincing, but he's, he's steadfast and he's going, well, that's loyalty. And you're thinking, whoa, Joshua is a real bad guy. All Jimmy Smith does in this is drive around in Mercedes. Yeah, <laughs> for a bit. And then for a bit. gets it towed away. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you don't even see the reaction to, to get it towed away. It's just that <laughs> a kid goes and finds him. I don't know, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, when we go through Roll Call, the people that are supporting this are really good. And they are really talented. So I don't know what happened. Because... I can't even lay the blame on the director's door because the director is directed genuinely one of my you could put this right under even the people that like 2001 A Space Odyssey will have forgotten this film would have not remembered um, 2010 the year we made Contact which is the sequel to it and it's fantastic I watched it again this week um simply because I just wanted to remind myself what genius this film is and and how great it is. Roy Scheider, obviously Roy Scheider can do no wrong. Chief Brody, Jaws. Um, but it's it's brilliant. It's it's everything a science fiction film should be. It's completely incomprehensible if you've seen 2001. If you haven't seen it, sorry. If you, if you have seen it, it probably is still a bit incomprehensible. But it's proper sci-fi. And I just thought, so it's not the director's fault. It's not the actor's fault. It, it must be the writer's. It's got to be. Mm. It's got to be people that developed this and just thought, here we go, we've got a buddy cop movie. Don't forget there are other buddy, buddy cop movies. There's 48 hours. Yeah. So you had, you know, you had things, you know, like a white, you know, a white guy and a black Hills guy. Out. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop was 84, so that was two years before. Oh, right. There was no buddy sort of thing in there. Right. I mean, he kind of worked alone. But I suppose if you, if, if you had like... The, the two guys from Los Angeles um, in there, mm. then yeah, it's a buddy film with three of them. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, a threesome, a threesome buddy film. Um, no, it's uh, it's it's just a mess. It's just it's like like Roadhouse, rose tinted spectacles. You know, rose tinted well, definitely spectacles because I was watching it, but remembering it that it was better than it actually was. Yeah. Um, it's funny, isn't it? Is that because of time and because where we're at now, and you know the fact that we've grown not, up and not at all different films that we've seen since then. Not at all. So, so why would we have thought, oh, this is a really good film? Is it because there was loads of rubbish films out, and we it, we just well, no, like 19... a pick of like rubbish films? I, I was looking at the list of what we haven't covered. I was looking at the list of what we're going to do in, in season four. Mm. Right? There's some absolute genuine gems I've listened to two podcasts this week where they've referenced Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield and Robert Downey Jr you know that was one that we were looking to do at the first season wasn't it absolutely and now it's kicked into season four along with all the other films that we've in the credits and whatever else we've got some absolute gems and I I mean it and they hold up now I think think season four is going to be miscellaneous miscellaneous misc misc (laughs) jinx I was going to jinx you again and then you wouldn't have to talk for the podcast. Um, maybe it might... I don't know, maybe that might make it oh, better. It'd be a lonely old give show. It a, give it a try. Oh, no, don't worry, I keep you all amused, listeners. 
somehow. Um, oh, and I just want to shout out to Listener 17. Listener 17? Yeah. Yeah. We got, we had contact. Listener 17, we have taken, yeah, we have taken your um, idea on board <laughs> and we are definitely going to cover it in season four. There we which go. I think Miss- I said on my reply. <laughs> it's lovely that you got in contact. It was a really nice surprise. I didn't know who you were while I was replying to you, but I did know afterwards. You so, did. so there we go. You'll sit. You're. You're not. You're no longer Peter Parker. You see. I, I know. I, I know your identity now. <laughs> um. So, um. Yeah. Just to come back to that, I. I know that when I watch Back to Back to School again, it's going to be great. I know when I watch Real Genius again, it's going to be great. And again, these films mean nothing to you because you've never seen them, no, no. frame of reference. No. And I, I know, absolutely, one hundred percent nailed on that they will be fantastic. Ooh, that was a that was a real animated. Oh, uh, it is. If yes. You could only that's, see that's if it was like video casting. Yeah, but th- <laughs> that's why they're in the credits. Is because they're the first films that I think about when I think right. Okay, well, I need to do like a. You know, credits. Obviously, this one, season three, as you've listened to already, we have the Rocky theme and we've got the action films behind it. But the other films just kind of naturally, you know, season two is not all about Ferris Bueller and it's not all about The Breakfast Club. No. You know, it's just a mix of stuff. And I was just like thinking, oh, we need to get that in there. So, to answer your question in a very long winded kind of way, but to get to it, I guess there are just going to be some films where you were, when I thought this was, I remembered this better. Yeah. Um, but then you also got films like Rocky Four, which oh god, I could, I could watch on a loop. Um, anyway, so yeah, should we get to? Do you think, do you think that would work oh. with films that you, that you were really scared of if you watched them again, like you know from like the eighties? Right. If you watched them again, do you think you'd be that scared? Because I'll give you the example. <laughs> oh, is this one of these films I was passing while? No, I was no, 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 no. I, well, I only saw a bit scared. of it, but the effects were horrendous. I saw, right, we had friends of the family round, our mum and dad, their mum and dad, they went out together. Chapter so one. Was, yeah, yep. so it was just me, my sister, she's five years older than me, um, and then their two um, uh, children, which were, the, the lad was older than my sister, and uh, the, the daughter was uh, older than me, but younger than my sister. So there was the four of us, basically. And then... Um, they were considerably, obviously, older than me. So they were in their teens, and I wasn't. I think I was probably about eight or nine. And then <coughs> The Omen was on the telly. Yeah, so you mentioned this before. Yeah, yeah. and I'm sure that... I, I certainly wouldn't have imagined this, but I'm sure that I have sort of very snippety memories of, of the film, which were horrific. And um, there was a lot of kind of like God and nuns and priests. And I mean, bear in mind, this is a memory from like an eight year old. And I'm what? Oh, it's nearly 40 years later, basically. Yes, yes. And and it was really horrible. And it literally gave me nightmares for right. years. And um, there was one scene where I think this worker's kind of doing something and the, the truck starts to roll back. It hits a rock and the sheet of glass comes out. I'm That's sure right. it cuts his head, head off. off. Yeah. yeah. And I saw that and it was just horrendous. Anyway, I, I didn't... Why were you allowed to watch this at well, eight? Well, I wasn't because I didn't want to miss out. It was the FOMO effect, the fear of missing out, because all the others, they were watching it and thought it was funny. But... But I wanted so to... So if we were watching it now... 
with Pennywise the Clown. Mm. And Amy goes, oh, is there any chance I can stay up? She'd never sl- she wouldn't sleep for five years. Exactly. Right. And that was the effect that it had on me. So, do you think if right. I went back and watched The Omen, that I would have the same reaction? Or do you think now I'm older and wiser and a little bit more grown up than an uh, eight-year-old? I, yeah. That it actually wouldn't affect me and I'd actually think, no, I think oh, it's would. a bit rubbish. I think you'd have the same reaction. Would you? Really? Yeah, yeah, genuinely. Really? The films I can't go back and watch because I saw them in the 80s. Yeah, there's, but but no, no, no. I mean, there's films, no, 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 not like you know, rubbish films. There's, there's, but, there's but was that a rubbish film or not? No, no, not at all. Oh, is it no. really? Actually, was quite a, a absolutely one hundred percent. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, I could go back and watch The Omen. I can't. Strangely enough, I can't go back and watch The Exorcist. You see, I saw that and I thought that was hilarious. They say, but I know in my like, teens, I don't like possession. Oh, hold that thought, Dom. By the way, I know we're going to do shout out to Dom, of course. <laughs> We are going to do the horror film next, I think, maybe. Don't do The Omen. Well, no, we won't do The Omen, but we've got to decide on a horror film. So, oh, in fact, I think that was 70s, wasn't it? The, Omen? It, the Omen was 76 or 70, something like that, anyway. Um, so, yeah, we're do, going to do a horror film. But um, So, I don't like possession at all in a film. Just didn't, I didn't know that. Didn't get into it. Um, but also, um, there's a film, well, there's... The, the true story, true story, uh, the Amityville Horror. Oh, yeah. The house. Mm. And she's doing the... And I don't know why, but she's doing, the, she's doing the dishes and she looks out onto the veranda and there's a devil sitting in the chair. <laughs> now, when you look at it now, I'm sure that if you go back and you play it back mm. and you look at that and you go, that's not scary. You go, the rest of the film is, but the devil bit isn't scary. But good lord, I couldn't sleep for weeks after that. Oh really? And it was just really affected me. Now I don't know if I put the Amityville horror on, everything's going to come flooding back, and I'm going to go. I really don't like this. Even though, put that up against The Shining, or something like that, The Shining is genuinely scary. I mean, it's you know, but I could watch The Shining perfectly if you give me the choice. Shining and Amityville horror, Shining every time. Oh, that's weird, isn't it? I know. Well, yeah. See. You see, I've not seen either, so I wouldn't know about those. And you're not going to. <laughs> but maybe you need to put the omen on. In a, when In the summer, on a sunny day, beans out or something like that, she's saying, and isn't there you a, just put it on. Isn't there a classical thing? Uh, but it was used for an advert as well. I can't... Is it... Don't know. Duh, 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 duh. That's Old Spice. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah, that's yeah. Carmen, Carmen Miranda or something. Is that not in... The Omen, though. I can't. Don't know. I can't remember. Mm. All I remember, uh, I've got to put a bit of trivia in here, is that Omen 3, the final conflict, has Damien, the, the young lad, yes, grown up. Yes, And he's played by Sam Neill, who was uh, Dr. Grant in Jurassic Park. Ah. So he played the guy that was pretty much going to be the end of the world, or the Antichrist. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Well, I think we probably just, you know, well, I don't know. Do, do you feel that, listeners? Do you think you can revisit films that like really kind of scarred you when you were little? Mm. <laughs> Have you revisited them, and has it, you know, had the opposite sort of effect? Has it, you know, just actually quashed those fears? Yeah, like Nightmare on Elm Street. I always remember him going down the down the pipes, and he had those long arms, and he had the knives on the end, on the end. You're talking like you think I've seen it. No, 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 but. <laughs> <laughs> just for the people that have seen it you know you think where where he's running the the, the, 
his knives of his hands down the side of the pipes and there's all pipes and steam everywhere and stuff like that you go back and watch that now I could watch that standing on my head I could, I could watch that if I couldn't sleep in the in the in the night mm. it just it's just funny now um, especially Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors um, I think there were nine of them in the end I think with crossover films and stuff like that. Oh, anyway. films? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Mm. Anyway, should we get into roll call? Because we, yeah. we've got Come a time on limit on this I one. I know. Come on, let's do it. We, no, 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 the time limit is we've only got an hour and 20 yeah. in our podcast left. Yes, I know. So, yeah. So, I'm just telling people who don't know why oh. we're rushing. You might think you've got some better things to do. <laughs> Obviously not. I've got some laundry to do, but I wouldn't say that's better. Uh, uh, well, anyway, <laughs> that's uh, the, the life we lead, hey? Um, anyway, so, let's get to roll call. Okay, so I'm going to start with Gregory Hines. Yeah. Have you got anything that else he was in? No? Well, I have to recommend White Knights. Um, He's amazing in White Knights. He stars with... Is it it Mikhail Baryshnikov? And basically, it's him defecting... So he's played the Russian and Gregory Hines is the guy helping him. I, 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 I remember, and I haven't seen it since probably 1984 or whenever it was, and I haven't seen it, but I remember it being brilliant. And I just remember the choreography on it. Um, Say You, Say Me was the th- for Lionel Richie was the theme from it. Um, and when you watch the video, Say You, Say Me, it's all in dancing. Um, and I remember Gregory Hines from that. And I... I genuinely think he's underrated. I, I genuinely he think he's kind of did well. He's in the Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> Classic. He's in a film called Tap. I mean, these are just the highlights. Oh, so it's it was Tap, not Taps. Not Taps, but uh, it was also like later on. I'll come back to one in a moment. He was also in Waiting to Exhale. So Whitney Houston did the oh, theme yeah. tune to that Sheep Song or something. The Preacher's Wife. He actually had the Gregory Hines show. Um, they actually gave him his own show. Oh. Uh, was he a comedian then? Yeah. Uh, again, underrated. I, again, I think he's funny. And I think he's funny in this. Mm. When the script lets him. You know, when the script is, is you know, he, he's not doing it. He has, which we'll get to, he has the most iconic scene in the whole film. Which is, if somebody had said to me, right, you've got five seconds to give me a scene from Running Scared, go, it would be this one. But I'll get to that, and I'll get to that later. Um, he did a film called Eve of Destruction, and it was great. <laughs> in, a, in a not brilliant way. I mean, the film itself is, is pretty awful. But a scientist creates a clone of herself and she's working in a weapons factory and she creates a clone of herself but the clone gets loose and goes into the wild and starts killing people because it doesn't know because it's trying to learn about humanity and things like this but it's got a nuclear bomb in it and so (laughs) Gregory Hines is the general and this is 1991 this is five years after Rowan's scared and he has to track it down and defuse it um and it's great and and I, do you know what I looked it up um, and, I d- and I do have it here and I just said because I remember her tagline was I'm very sensitive 
she used to say that at times when she couldn't do it and you're kind of like yeah sensitive because you've got a nuclear bomb inside you but um, I thought the tagline on it was just amazing so wait a minute they've changed uh, they've changed everything around there no they've changed everything around on IMDB they've got a brand new page so I don't know where everything is anymore um, but yeah Gregory Hines underrated um, in my mind hmm. um we can actually play now if we go to Billy Crystal. We can actually play Little Does She Know. Come on, give me three oh, Billy Crystal God, films. Oh, no. um, give me, give me t- When Harry Met Sally. Fine, yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Could you give me a film where he did the voiceover? No. What? He probably watched it. Oh, God. How many times have you watched it? Well, we'll get to it in a moment. So Billy Crystal had his big break in a wonderful TV series called Soap, um, if you can remember that, where they parodied Dynasty Dallas and made it a sort of sitcom-y thing, and, uh, you know, Days of Our Lives. Uh, it was extremely funny, and he was Billy Crystal was wonderful in it. It's a breakout performance. He deserves all the fame that he got from, from that performance. Um, he was also in This Is Spinal Tap. Uh, he was in Throw Mama From The Train, he was in City Slickers. Do you remember City Slickers? Where they all went off on a ranch. The, 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 the friends all went off on a ranch. Yeah. Um, uh, he was in uh, When Harry Met Sally, of course. A film called Forget Paris, which is brilliant. He was with Robert De Niro and Analyze This and Analyze That, where he played his psychiatrist to the oh, mobster. Oh, he was in that, was he? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. He was in Saturday Night Live. Um, he was Mike in Monsters, Inc., was he? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. John Goodman plays Sully. So, I yeah. didn't know that either. Yes. There you go. Oh, wow. So you go back and listen to him. But the film that I've got to, I mean, uh, for me, Billy Crystal is best when he's let off the leash. That's what this film should have done. Mm. Um, they did that in The Princess Bride. And The Princess Bride is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful film. If you haven't watched it, just watch it tomorrow. Just once you've listened to this, if you've got time in the day and you can rent it, I believe it was on Netflix at some point. He's let off the leash and he plays Miracle Max and he's wonderful. So please go and check that out if you haven't done The Princess Bride. If you have checked The Princess Bride out, you know what I'm talking about. Um, next on to the uh, on roll call is the ex-wife. Oh, now she annoyed me. Yeah. <laughs> Not not as an actress, okay, but just the character she was playing. Because because why why <laughs> why why <laughs> why 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 please tell me why. <laughs> my little buttercup. <laughs> <laughs> why why? Um, she annoyed me because she was like all over Gregory Hines, and you're like, I'm sorry, but. Yeah, she was. It, it just seemed a bit weird. Because, like, if you were in that situation, if your ex-husband's, like, buddy from work, his partner, hmm. you wouldn't go up and, like, slather yourself all over him, would you? And you, you wouldn't, like, make a beeline to go and kiss him and and go, oh, it's really lovely to see you. Oh, oh, oh. It's like, you'd start to think, hang on a minute, is there something going on here? I mean, obviously there wasn't. No. There was something There was something else odd going on, but we'll get to that in but, a moment. Yeah, it was a bit weird. I don't know if she was doing it to make him jealous or... Well, 
Should we, I, I should don't we, know. Should we, we'll it's leave weird. that for the. We'll leave that for when me. we get to film. Um, she didn't do much else. She didn't. But I do remember her because I thought she was very good looking. Um, but she was also in Lock Up with Syl- Sylvester Stallone and Donald Sutherland, which is a good film. I haven't seen that. Okay. She actually died at age 64 in 2017. Oh, gosh. Um, Dan Hedaya. We've done him before. The police chief. Oh, yeah. And he... And I remember saying to you, oh, look, it's... The uh, the colonel from Commando. Yeah. Yeah. So it still stands. He's still Nick, Nick Tortelli from Cheers. <laughs> and he had the Nick Tortelli show. The Tortellis. And he was in the Adams family. The next one, Joe Pant- Pantliano. No. No. Played Snake. Oh, him. Yeah. Right. Wow. He's one of those people that when you look at him, you go, oh, him. Yes. Right. Like I've just done. Roll call for Joe Pantliano. I bet he's been in loads of stuff. Goonies. The Goonies. La Bamba. Empire of the Sun. Midnight Run. Brilliant film. Short Time. The only film, uh, the only one of only two films I've ever walked out on, and it's not because of him. The Fugitive. Bad Boys. Bad Boys 2. Bad Boys for Life. Uh, Bound, U.S. Marshals, The Fugitive, uh, so the sequel to The Fugitive, The Matrix, Memento, Daredevil. He was Ralph in The Sopranos for a season. Mm. So, and these are just picking some of the things and loads of TV appearances. So he's just gone and worked. But it's funny, isn't it? Because he's not a primary character. No, but then he's he's just starting out. If you look at it, by that time, he'd only done The Goonies. And then so suddenly he's elevated and then gets all these films as a result, probably being running scared because he's very good in running scared. Mm. I, get- I can't believe that they killed him off so early in the film. Oh, well, okay. I was going to say spoiler alert, but yeah, <laughs> the whole point of this is we're going to tell you exactly what the film's yeah. about. So I can't, I can't. Yeah. Because they kind of set his character up, didn't they? And then it was just like, oh, he just got shot. And yeah. Like, well, that was just pointless. Yeah, it's a bit odd that he gets. It's hardly, you know... They didn't even go and see if he was okay. Yeah, it's hardly... They just left. It's hardly a shock thing, you know. I mean, yeah, it's about the same time as... the, the shock. A shock factor in a film is Samuel L. Jackson getting eaten in Deep Blue Sea by the sharks. <laughs> oh, don't. You've just spoiled that for people if they haven't seen it. No, I don't. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Um, go and watch it anyway. It's great. Don't watch two. And if you're mildly curious and it's raining on a Sunday afternoon, then watch three. <laughs> Three isn't bad. In fact, actually, I'm, I'm under it. Three is pretty good. Two is one of the worst films you've ever seen in my chart films. Um, I've got to mention John Grease. He played one of the, and I didn't get his character name, but he, the two rookie cops that they have to train up. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was he the one with the thinning hair or the one with the, the one dark... The the beard. The one with the... Dark the, hair. The, the, the thinning hair. Right, okay. He's in Real Genius. And he plays, oh, he? he plays one of the smartest men in the world, Laszlo Hollyfeld. <laughs> and I cannot wait. As soon as I saw his face, I kind of like, I forgot he was in this. It's Laszlo. Um, <laughs> now, for all the people, again, the podcasts I've been listening to, both of those podcasts mentioned Back to School and both those podcasts uh, mentioned Real Genius. So I've got in touch with the people that do one of the podcasts, which is called Buzz in the Tower. Mm. And I've got to recommend it. It's brilliant. It's Max and another guy, and I can't remember his name. I've only just started listening. But I got in contact with Max on Facebook, 
and I just like back to school it's just legendary and he's and we just entered into a little sort of little com- conversation about it mm. um they, they do podcasts where they cast other people in the role oh. so they were recasting back to the future but you ha- on the proviso that you can only use actors from the time you can't go back and say oh yeah justin bieber would make a good martin McFly," which you never would of course oh did they put the guy that i don't really rate too well acting um eric stoltz yeah did they put him in it no you're not allowed people that were in it who were originally cast in it. So you're not allowed to go, well, okay, Martin McFly, I'll put Eric Stoltz back in. Oh. Right? So I came up with um, Corey Haim, um, who might mean nothing to you. No, I know who he is. Yeah. Or River Phoenix. Yeah. For Martin McFly. Because River Phoenix in Sneakers can play a comic part, and I reckon he'd do a great job. Well, you he, should listen he to was, it. He was really good in... Um um, stand by me. Yeah, absolutely. He was outstanding. And in little Nikita and sneakers. Yep, he's yeah. uh, um, tragically taken from us far yeah. too soon. Sad. Um, but lastly on the list <laughs> is the is the bad guy Jimmy Smits. So he's president. Sorry to spoil it for you. Okay, senator <laughs> Senator Matt Santos from the West Wing. Yeah, Santos. Um, he rose his his claim to fame. Most people of my age will remember he was in LA, LA Law. LA Law was incredible. It's a great series. Spawned lots of different, lots of different people. Um, lots of successful actors. Use it as a jump off. Uh, he was in Twenty Four, and he played uh, Leia's dad, Bail Organa, in or not dad, father figure, um, in Star Wars, in uh, Episode Two, Episode Three, and Rogue One. So he came back for Rogue One. It's great, Jimmy Smith. Like Jimmy Smith, really like Jimmy Smith. All of those, all of those. I could go back and watch him in all of those things that I've just said. Mm. I never want to see him in this film ever again. <laughs> he, he's he is the weak link in this. There is nothing menacing about him. There's nothing frightening about him. There's nothing, anything that anyone with a little bit of nails couldn't get out can get out of. He's just not a villain. Not when you can compare it to to villains before. In 48 hours, villains afterwards, Lethal Weapon, you know, it's just oh, Lethal Weapon 2. I mean, Lethal Weapon 2. Do you know, um, what's his name? Joss, the bad guy in Lethal Weapon 2. Oh, diplomatic immunity. Oh, Joss. Oh, anyway, very famous. I can see his face and I can't remember it. But anyway, he's he's a good villain. And he doesn't do much. Mm. He's just menacing. Jimmy Smith's got nothing. Anyway, right, that's the end of roll call. Yeah. Let's get into the film. Okay. So, it's set in Chicago. It is. We're, we're back in Chicago again. Like we were in season two. There's a lot of films two. made in Chicago, by the way. Well, there's a lot. We did concentrate on John Hughes, which made all of the films in Chicago. But maybe they could have just popped onto the uh, Shermer High School and seen The Breakfast Club. And, and said so, so, so hello. It's around about the, yeah, no, roughly the same sort of time. But interestingly, in the film, Gregory Hines gets first billing. Yes. And I thought that's that's really uh, well. I hate to use the, the term. The only term I can think of is is quite progressive because he'd not done much since then. So somebody somewhere obviously thought what I would have liked to have seen is is exactly what happens in these films when both of them are really good. Danny Glover and Mel Gibson, are, that, if memory serves me correctly, both go at the same time. And that's what I would like to see in this film. 
I'm, I'm probably more happy that Gregory Hines got above Billy Crystal. But, it, I mean, it doesn't matter. We're, we're looking at this film with 2021 eyes. Yes, that's true. Right? So I'm going, great that that happened. I at least acknowledge it happened. I'd like it to have been equal. But it's great that Gregory Hines gets the first bullying. So we find them at the start of the film on a, on a stakeout. They're looking for a Mercedes. They're looking for Jimmy Smith. Um, you know, they, they it's a really rough area. Um, Jimmy Smith drops off this guy called Snake. We don't know he's Snake. Um, it's Joe Pantliano. Um, and they follow him up to his apartment. Um, weirdly, after playing basketball with the locals, the, Billy Crystal just decides to pick up a basketball on the stakeout and play with the, the lads on the basketball court. <laughs> yeah. And they just end up just punching him in the face. <coughs> you know, he's no, playing basketball. Do they punch him? Do they no, they punch, punch him. Not, they don't punch Gregory Hines. Um, anyway, they've got to Snake's apartment. They find 50k in a, um, in a suitcase. Um, and then they go, right, okay, so well, I'm not going to tell you anything about Jimmy Smith, so I'm going to tell you where he is. I said, well, okay. So he lifts up and he goes, hello, yes, just to let you know, right, don't come up don't come up here please do not there's 50k up here in cash and I know all you lovely people out there will look after him and make sure nothing happens <laughs> to him and you see them actually come towards the flat and you think wait a minute are they going to start storming it with the police in there but they don't they're waiting at the bottom of the stairs they come out with Snake they arrest him they put cuffs on him and they light up cigars at the bottom of the thing which seems to be a thing that they do yeah after a successful bust um they go after so they do that they go after they try to find Gonzalez which is the name of Jimmy Smith um, and then they have to go to this is the weird thing he then says right you've got to go with me because I've got to go and see Aunt Rose and he goes to a funeral oh god yeah the funeral it's the three of them yeah he takes snake takes, in handcuffs snake in handcuffs at Gregory Hines with 50k in a suitcase but they go to the funeral of Aunt Rose. And you would have thought, well, if I was going to a funeral, I would have taken the day off. You know, or the morning off, or something like that. But no. Um, there he sees his ex-wife. Um, you know, the, the Italian, his, you know, his, 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 other, his other aunt is basically saying, you know, you know if you're Italian, you never, you never divorced, you just temporarily separated, or something like that. Mm. It's kind of like, yeah, or the Italian thing. Um... And then they go, they go back in the car, and they're held up. So they go back to the car, the funeral, and they're held up by two guys. Mm. They basically said, "What's in the case?" And that's what you would have heard in the trailer. It's all take the wallet, but no, leave the badges. You know, and then they show them the police officers, um, and they tr- they try and hold them up, and they said, "Look, there's fifty grand here. It's fine. Take it." You know, because it's not theirs. And Snake's going, oh, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. Um, but they end up chasing the guy, chasing the guys away. They get into the car. The car speeds off and then turns around as if it's going to come back at them. And all they need to do is literally step out of the way. But weirdly, they take out the guns and start firing into the car. Mm. And I'm like, well, you know, police brutality and overreaction to a car coming at you 
is just to get just to you know shoot at it it just seemed a bit weird you know but then you get the banter and you get the thing between them and it's kind of like fluffed over but here's the thing i had the most the the most problem with they get back to the precinct it's obvious that gregory hines has got a bit of a problem because he gets served for some sort of police brutality thing that he's been doing so he gets like the court order like given to him um and then weirdly the action cuts to the bar Mm. now do you want to take over at this point do you want to explain the bar scene because well there were a few of them which one the the first one where he meets um the black woman wow they're just talking that 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 one yeah and he ends up going back to his apartment with her it's almost like do you want to go out for a beer after work and within 90 seconds of dialogue if that he's wooed this girl and the next scene is Benny Crystal going round to bring him breakfast in donuts his, donuts in his apartment switching on the police bike that he's got in his like studio flat open plan studio flat very thing. odd yeah switching the siren on and the two of them get up from bed and it's weird because there doesn't seem to be any he's, he seems to have picked her up like he would have picked a coat up it's just so quick but it's weird though isn't it because um, he said that he's 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 been married and she said so have I yeah but she doesn't say anything else does she no. so you don't actually know until later on in the film when he turns up oh her her character do, her character development is a shameful and b woeful <laughs> it's it's dreadful it, it doesn't make so any sense. So when he sense. turns up, he, he pretends to arrest her. And, and like, when he when he arrives at her apartment, yeah. this older guy Oh, we haven't got to door. that. Yeah, well, we haven't got to that bit. But yeah, that's that's what happens. You know, in the, in and the they say the something about parking tickets and paid parking tickets. Anyway, he supposedly yeah. arrests her. But she goes off with him for the night. Go, she, and she, then they're yeah. back at the bar. Yeah, and then back at the bar. But he's handcuffed her. But wait a minute, back at the bar on a on a night out for his friend's birthday. Yes. It's almost like, hello, I've just arrested you. Your husband's probably worried sick. Right? There's probably a lot of stuff going on. Um, but you're with me now, because I met you in a bar four scenes ago. Yeah. Um, over ninety seconds. You spent the night with me. By the way, Billy Crystal says on that first night, well, how was she? Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, it's better ask her. You know, it's just not good. It's not and it, good. And it no. really doesn't, really doesn't hold up. Later on, he he arrests the husband. Yes. He gets the husband arrested so that he can see her. And I'm like, that's just really odd. That's the writer's fault. Yeah. That's not Gregory Hines' fault. No, I won't hear a word said. <laughs> but they get back to the, the precinct. And his ex-wife's there. And the ex-wife is telling him, hi, yeah, I'm getting married. But there's no real flow to this film. No. It's just going from one scene to the next scene to the next but scene to the next time, scene. But at the same time, a legal guy comes in and he's trying to find Billy Crystal. Um, so Gregory Hines pretends that he's yeah. Billy Crystal's character and yeah. ends up in the lady's loo and this guy's trying to find him and he thinks he's going to serve him with a notice. Yeah, just to get him a bit of time to speak yeah. to... so yeah. he could speak to his wife. But yeah. it turns out that his Art Rose has left him $40,000. $40,000, yeah. 
<sighs> anyway, um, they at, at, at this point it's almost like they get a snake and they basically go, uh, "We can't hold you. Uh, you need to wear a wire." And he's going, "I'm not wearing a wire." He goes, "Right, okay. Well, we could just let you go, and then we'll bust him anyway, and then everyone will think it's you that, that squealed." So you might as well help us. Mm. So he does. He wears a wire. They go into the stakeout. They end up in a boatyard. So they end up on that ship, don't they? Yeah. No, right. basically, they, they take his money off him and only give him five grand back. Five grand. They and say, so if you the want the other 45, 45 yeah. yeah, you've got to comply with us. Right. And he says, I really need that back. Which is... Right. There we go. Um, they go in there. Again, a storm in a boat, you know it's like the end of the usual suspects or it's like the start of Captain America you know with the Winter Soldier storming the boat should be exciting here they walk round the corner and then they see it was they, really because they weird, hear Snake on it? the wire going oh no no don't shoot me don't shoot me and all this lot and they turn the corner and realise they've been had yeah, and it's a it's setup. set up but they don't realise that two of the goons with guns are undercover cops yeah, working on a drug enforcement agency so uh, they have to show their hand in they, order to save the two of them um, in order to do it, um, there's a Chinese guy in there. That's when Snake thought, gets shot. Hmm? That's when Snake gets shot. That's when Snake gets shot and dies. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Not just shot and then no. comes back, you know, like Joe Pesci in Lethal Weapon. I speak of Lethal Weapon. There's a Chinese guy, and I feel appalled that I haven't looked up his name. But the Chinese guy then is the same one that tortures Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon, and it's the same guy that gets shot on the rooftop by. Bruce Willis in Die Hard I'm not saying he's typecast but he doesn't say an awful lot <laughs> it just it just doesn't um, so yes the undercover shot Joe Pantiano dies which I said unexpected they they just leave the guns there there's all these guns that yeah. are being delivered and they just leave them there yeah it's weird it's not like it? they, they're going to secure them no. um, they arrest Jimmy Smith's in the end so yeah. they get him the captain then says whoa, whoa whoa you can't do all of this you've broken you know god damn you've broken all these violations and all this plus sort of thing plus you've meddled with the drug enforcement agency operation absolutely and you've blown their cover yes so you need to go on enforced vacation yes so where did they go Key West Key West to go to Key West bars sunsets girls so they're not suspended um, and then they decide to go harvest on a bar yeah. And he gets Gregory Hines to cash in his pension. Now, I had a real problem with the pension bit because Gregory Hines is supposed to be 34. In, in there, he said his 34th, 34th birthday. Right? Oh, and they argue... No, 36. And it's 36. Because they don't know it's 34. Right. Let's put it 36. He says, you've got 20 years of pension you can cash in. So was he cop at 16? And you're like, it doesn't make any sense. He I didn't have, get that one. He oh, wouldn't wow. have had loads of money. Yeah. He wouldn't have had anything to cash in. There's no. nothing to cash in. But apparently, he's got enough to go house on the bar. They do it all. They cash in the pension while they're on holiday and decide to buy the bar. Or is it like more of like, you know, our armed forces? They, they get like a pension, don't they, when they're get to a certain point after so they many do, years They do, but I don't think it's the same for... Yeah, I don't think it's the same for cops, but... Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Any police officers listening and can put us right, by all means. So, 
you then get the running scared um, you then get the um, sweet freedom in the background Michael McDonald it's all they're with different girls every day I thought different that girls was every day awful. different girls on the back of the bike De- oh and yeah. I wrote in here um, the Key West holiday mopeds in shorts and bikinis yeah oh my god they're just asking for trouble aren't they yeah Falling off, they'll be ripped to shreds. Oh crikey! I don't. Well, I don't did think, you not think about that? Yeah, but I don't think people think about that oh. when they're get, going on. See, there. That's that's so my. So, if you risk went on holiday sort of when you on. were when you were young and you went on holiday, yeah, and you hired some bikes or something, never like have. That, right. So, what would you would you go and right? Excuse me. Can you just wait while I put on the full leathers in case I fall off? I never have done. I've no, never been what on the moped. You, it makes me think now. You wouldn't have just gone with it and gone. Oh, it's hot. I've got my bikini on. No, God, no, no. On. I wouldn't have done that. No? No. You'd put a helmet on, that's it. You'd no, do what I'd, I'd put... Pretty much every single person who hires a moped on holiday does. Well. They don't put on leathers. Okay, all Poot- right. Pootling around the island. Right, but I was always in a car. It was a Jeep, an open-top Jeep, whenever I went on holiday. Did you make sure you had your, um, had your elbow I wasn't on, driving, but... Just in case, you know. Just <laughs> Anyway, they go back to Chicago and go, right, we're going to retire. Oh, we're and can quit. I just point out? Okay. Right. There obviously must have been at some point in the film when they were filming proper snow. Right. And then throughout the rest of the film, it's this awful, awful fake snow and it's foam. And it's just literally like somebody's let I didn't know, a fire I didn't extinguisher off. Did you not see that? No nearly all the film apart from when they were they were talking with each other um, outside it and it was dark snow. and it was it was like proper like snow at that point right but yeah everything else it must have been like April or May when they filmed some of the other stuff because the sunlight's different yeah and they've just there's no breath so you know when it's cold you get that breath sort of yeah. mist thing nothing like that and it's just like fake snow which is literally like fire extinguisher foam blasted everywhere right okay you don't see it no I just I just. oh good lord I was obviously engrossed in the movie oh, you know. clearly okay something like that anyway um, we're running out of time we're running out of time with what we need to do so we'll shift on a little bit more uh, they get back to Chicago and say that they were handing our 30 day notice in and then they get told oh by the way the boss goes fine well, you know you heard in the trailer well, where else have you got a profession where you can shoot someone <laughs> um, they give them 30 days notice but then say oh by the way Jimmy Smith is back on the street so they set out in their 30 days to find him yeah um, they go they go wandering around and then for their for their um mistake they made about the drug bust and, and like exposing that the two guys have oh, to tag along with them don't have they have to tag along because they're the replacements they're the replacements yeah. yeah so they're with it uh, they find his yeah they find they, they they drive it around the town oh it's to provoke him isn't it and to provoke so, him to say yeah we've got you they get his Mercedes out yeah, of the out of the, out the compound, uh, compound. Yeah. Uh, they find the Mercedes they get it towed and one of the kids runs off um, then they find presumably his mum mm. the apartment um, there's a Mexican standoff Gonzalez leaves um, he then takes a hostage and they take off their pants to placate him 
I don't remember him ever asking them to take the, take the pants off. Oh, it's because um, his wife or whoever it was that he was having a liaison with in that room um, and he escaped out the window or yeah. whatever. Down oh, we the needed some escape. pants. He'd only got like... Um, My front side. Yeah. Right. I, I call oh, them right. pants. I missed that bit. I call them pants. You call trousers pants. That's weird. Well, it's not really. Um, and I would say he'd only got his knickers on, but men don't wear knickers unless they're into something. I don't think I would ever use the term knickers to describe boxers, wife fronts, trousers, anything. No, but... Right, <laughs> anyway. so yeah, don't know where we got to that. <laughs> they're men's briefs. I used the term... There we go. Wait a minute, listeners. I used the term earlier this week. Men's slips. Right, and <laughs> I do this a lot, and I come out with something, and she goes, what... And she, and she, she does this... You do this thing where you stare at me and you squint your eyes as if to go, I don't I just hear that right? <laughs> right? Now, genuinely, I know none of you are writing to us as much as you would like to, but I just genuinely, if you knew what this next line meant when I said it, I want you to write in and say, I knew what it meant. So I said, I heard, heard a thing, I said something on a phone call and in the background somebody said, oh, you need your bumps feeling. I just don't get it. Right. I've now, never if you heard know it. if you know what it is, it's your duty to write in and say I know what you mean by saying that. For those that don't know, it's not rude, by the way. It's not rude. It means you stupid because you must have been hit over the head, so you need your bumps felt. No, I had it makes perfect sense to me. Never heard that phrase before. Well, anyway, so well. Anyway. <laughs> um so the mechanic back at the pound is uh, one of the guys that stars in John Hughes and I should have got his name he's the police chief in Home Alone bring up and he keeps mm. transferring him back and forth um, is he also um, Thingy's dad um, the, the girl I, I'm not very fond of in the 80s hmm. does he play her dad in one of the films you know where she's dressing up and no that's Harry Dean Stanton you're oh. thinking of Pretty in Pink okay it's not no, him it's no. definitely not him anyway let's skip on a little bit they get to there's a drug uh, they get they get a tip off that there's um, uh, you know on a plane coming in with some drugs oh uh, yeah and it's, it, yeah. it's a setup. basically and it turns out to be very weak well it's not a setup. it's a decoy it's a decoy the dog the dog senses the drugs they test it and go, yeah, yeah, it is. But it's very, very weak cocaine. Meanwhile, on the plane, while the police are looking one way, the other plane comes in on the other runway. And it's a, and a got three million a pounds nun worth of drugs. And a priest. Yeah, it's a nun and a priest that, that, are, that are doing. But they this. don't realise. Yeah, that, absolutely no. They've but just bought artifacts. They have from, a car chase. Where across was it? Columbia. Ru- <laughs> artifacts yeah. from Columbia in a suitcase. <sighs> they have a car chase on the runway. All over the runway, yeah. And you're like, that would never again, happen. You know, you get, you get tires, you get get your tires shot it's like out. Die and then two hard, minutes later, it? you never get happened. shot. <laughs> what? Die hard too? Yeah. Well, no, they should, they take over the airport. That's a little yeah, different. But, uh, oh, okay. anyway. Well, there's nobody to shoot them. Because, <laughs> but anyway, okay. Um, comparisons. Maybe maybe we do film comparisons with Amanda. Sure, maybe sure. that could be a new uh, one. Um, so there's a car chase and they chase this car and they end up on the rails they're in the taxi yeah they're in the taxi their, their the new decoy car, car the yeah. decoy car 
Um, and they've got the priest and the nun in the back. It sounds like the start of a good joke. It so does. There's a priest and a nun in the back, <laughs> back of a taxi. Takes a taxi. And literally, this just goes everywhere, doesn't it? All around the city, um, and then they end up like on the metro, on, on the rail line, on the track. And you and said, I, and I said that's ridiculous because it goes on forever. And I said, within two minutes, those tires would have been shredded on those tracks. Yeah. And they would have been down to the rims, literally. Yeah. Um, and it would have come to a stop. But no, no, it seems to have gone on for miles. Um, but you can even see on, like, part of the film, I don't know if you clocked it, but, like, when they did a, the rear view of um, the taxi going down the track, yeah. you could see they'd got adapted wheels. Right. That were rail track well, wheels. Well, we'll get to that in trivia time. <sighs> Yeah, it just there annoyed is a, there is a me. Bit, well, I know, yeah. This is why I can't believe you six and a half. Because when we paused it, again, that you did to make a cup of tea, I'm like thinking, it feels like Roadhouse. It feels um, like, oh, God, we're coming back. Go on then, start it up again. No, but you see, my score wasn't that low as yours for Roadhouse. Yeah, but I was kind of enjoying it till then. Mine but, was a six. Well, six okay. and a half. I thought you gave it six and a half. No, it was a six. Oh, you said six and a half at the start. Roadhouse was a six. Oh. This is a six and a half. This is six and a half, right, okay. So similar sort of territory. Hmm. Um, so anyway... I kind of gave up writing notes yeah. after that point. Do you know what? Because it, get... it got a little bit farcical, didn't it? The whole kind of last sort of scene. Yeah, so Gregory Hines needs his end away... So he he gets it, he he phones the two he phones the two rookies there and says oh by the way we think that this lawyer is implicated in the Gonzalez mm. case gets him arrested so Gregory Hines can then go into a house mm. and knob her again and I'm like is this is this how it is this how it works because this is not you know I mean even you know when we say things don't age well mm. right there's just I can't see... It's not even remotely funny. No. It's not even remotely endearing. It's not even only... You know, it's just out of place, completely out of place. Anyway. Anyway, ex-wife. She gets kidnapped by Gonzalez. And he says, I want my cocaine back. Mm. Because it had been impounded. Mm -hmm. It's three million pounds of cocaine. So... Dollars. Dollars, sorry. So... (laughs) They go and get it out of the stores, don't they? Three million pounds. And he says, you're not, you're not having this. You can't have this until you partner, until I hear from the captain. So he's in the captain. Billy Crystal's in the captain's room. Yeah. And pretends to be the captain. And then says, right, okay, he'll be right down. And Billy Crystal comes in and they end up taking the cocaine. Yeah. Right. Which would never happen. And then it gets to the bit of the film that I genuinely did like. I think it's a good shootout at the end. You actually like that? I kind of did. I thought it was awful. Do you know why? Because there's here's my iconic here's my iconic scene, Gregory Hines, abseiling down from the roof. That I was, was a joke. Hmm? That was a joke. No, no, no. He abseils down from the roof. It's yeah, in, but, in the trailer. But go watch the trailer. It's there. It was farcical. No, he gets I, stuck. Yes, but what I'm saying is, it's a good scene. And I just think in real life, if that happened, if they were having a shootout in real life. He'd have been a sitting duck, literally. Yes. And they would have shot him. Yes, he would have got shot. 
yeah, true. Um, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> the, everyone's rescued, Jimmy Smith gets shot, you know, the end. The two guys turn up. Yeah, the two guys turn up, they get pinned down, they end up saving them. Oh, I didn't... I didn't write anything after that because I was, I was just thinking, right, okay, well, here's the, here's the end. And it wasn't even a bust out, like a, a stakeout or anything, that was authorised by the by no. anybody in, in well, the Well, they get force. to a public place and Jimmy Smith's guys have tied up all the security guards and nicked their uniforms. Oh. So it's not a public place at all. Um, no, anyway, there we go. Running scared. <laughs> Won't be watching it again. I won't be racing to do it. A roadhouse, a roadhouse leviathan prancer, running scared, <laughs> quadruple bill. You, could you? Would you do that? What? Would you watch all four? No. Um, what if I paid? What if I said I'd give? Not that I would, but well, no, if somebody then. said you give a thousand pounds to charity if you watch all four of them. Oh well, yeah, all right then. All four. Yeah. God, prance. That's it. I could make I it know. through all of them, but it's I, I a don't. Film. I couldn't do Prancer again. <laughs> I honestly never want to see that ever again. I would because I'd like to see, um, uh, what's his name, the the guy out of Roadhouse, the actor, oh, rubbish. Patrick Swayze. No, the other one. His Sam Elliott. Yes. Him. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see him in the film and see how bad he is in Prancer. Oh right, yes, absolutely. Now I know who he is. Anyway, yes. should we move to trivia time? Go on then. How long have we got left? Probably about ten minutes. About a quarter of an hour. There we go. Right, go on. Okay, it's trivia time. Yeah. Trivia time. Okay. The original script was written for Gene Hackman and Paul Newman. Those are the two that's supposed to be in it. Oh, sorry. In my head, I'd got Gene Wilder then. Gene Wilder. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Willy Wonka. Yeah, that would have worked. Um, before the director Peter Himes decided to make the Hughes and Costanzo characters younger but Tom Selleck and John Travolta were also offered the roles Tom Selleck pardon me turned it down due to commitments to Magnum PI while Travolta's at the time agent Michael Ovitz felt that the project was wrong for him mm. it would have been wrong for him mm. it would have been wrong for all of those actors because it's a lousy script Um. On the television series Directors, Peter Hines stated that when MGM offered him the project, so to make Running Scared, following the success of 2010, here we make contact, um, Hines suggested the idea of two young Chicago cops who don't retire. That's what the story should be, and they, they agreed. Um, oh, I forgot this piece of trivia, and I feel awful now for saying the writers should be shot. Because um, he was. Gary DeVore, the screenwriter for the movie, disappeared in June 97 <laughs> while driving at night from Santa Fe, New Mexico to Santa Barbara, California, prompting extensive search and media speculation. I feel awful now. A year later, he and his car were discovered submerged below a bridge over the California aqueduct near Palmdale, California off Highway 41. DeVore was driving back from home it was believed that he's fallen asleep and drove into the aqueduct oh, however no. some conspiracy theories claim he was murdered oh see 
I apologise for this next piece because I didn't. I obviously missed this when I was collating it. In several outdoor scenes, snow is simulated with foam. Oh, it was awful. Okay. It's the worst snow foam ever. Snow foam. Snow foam. Snow cold. <laughs> um, a sequel titled Still Running was planned and different scripts were written. Oh, no. But Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines did not think any of them were strong enough to warrant a sequel and turn them all down. <laughs> Funny they didn't cast their critical eye over the original script, but still, uh, apparently, God knows what still running script looked like if it was that bad that they turned it down. Mm. A spin-off music video was produced for Michael McDonald's hit single Sweet Freedom, which is brilliant. By the way, love Michael McDonald. Love, love, love Michael McDonald which is a major part of the film's soundtrack. In the video, Ray and Danny are in their squad car looking at a postcard from McDonald in Florida, which says, wish you were here. Implying that the that was the inspiration for them choosing that as their holiday destination. We then see a montage of action scenes from the film over the song's intro, followed by Michael McDonald singing the song at his keyboard in a Florida bar. <laughs> at the song's climax, Ray and Danny join with him and have some beers and dance along and join in the song's backing vocals as it draws to a close. Was that in the film? It wasn't in the film, no. No. The suspension systems of three Chevy Impalas were destroyed filming the train tracks chasing. Oh, there we go. So the suspension got it. Well, you saw, as they were driving it, like, over the sort of bridge bit, it was going... Yeah, and they used the same scene of going around the corner three times. I was actually doing something then and you wouldn't have seen what I was doing but it was actually like going up and down quite She's rapidly. Moving her hand up and down. Yeah, it was going up and down this car basically. <laughs> Insert crude joke here. <laughs> I thought of at least four. Um, the the uh, for, for for this is an extreme bit of trivia. The building scene where Danny and Hughes throw their pants to Julio with the hostage is the same building that Charles play was filmed. There you go. Um, in an interview, Peter Himes states that when he said he wanted Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines from this movie, he heard a big thud. At the time, both actors were not household names like they became later on in their careers. So basically, the studio were like going, who are these guys? What have they done? And he goes, no, I want these two for the film. So... Mm-hmm. Anyway... While on the beach in Florida, our heroes, on seeing a large crowd, are told by a... This, this, I got this piece of trivia off a site where you, people submit their own pieces of trivia. Okay, yeah. Okay. But we're not necessarily sure it's verified, though. Well, I guess with this one, how would you make it up? Why would you make it up? <laughs> While on the beach in Florida, our heroes, on seeing a large crowd, are told by a very beautiful blonde that they're just watching the sunset. Oh, Yeah. She then appears throughout the Florida montages, Sweet Freedom playing in the background, most notably on the scooter ride and boat scenes. She also appeared, and I did check this out yesterday, in the Michael Jackson video Black or White. Her name is Meg Register. (laughs) Not Cash Register. At least it was when we attended school together in Falls Church, Virginia. She was a natural platinum blonde and had always said one day she'd be in a movie. Well, she appears as the blonde in Running Scared and appears in a Michael Jackson video and pretty much nothing else. Oh, well. Well, 
At least that's more than I've, well, more than we've got. Um, so the last bit is uh, a thing they got from uh, Peter Himes, the director himself. He recalled after 20, 2010, he wanted to remain earthbound. He wanted to do a comedy that was not stupid and a film that had action in it, but a film where the action was not mean spirited, bloody, or graphic. Dumbed down then. Yeah. MGM came to him with a script with him about two elderly cops in New York who retire. Um, he wanted to make it about young cops. Himes thought this opened up a set of casting possibilities that were fresh and gave a chance visually to use a city that's not used as much in Chicago. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of cop movies around at the time, so I decided if I wanted to be interesting, I needed to do it with two actors you'd not normally expect to see in an action movie. So I wanted Crystal and Hines, and I got them, and they were wonderful because they just clicked. Mm. Um, the movie was filmed from September 85 to January 86, six weeks of filming in NGM Studios, plus location work in Key West and Chicago. So it wasn't like they just moved to California. They went to Key West. Mm. Um, yeah, it looked, and, it looked genuine. And it looked lastly, nice place, how much did it make at the box office? Not much. I forget. Uh, make? Yeah. Or, what, profits or turnover? Well, no, turnover. It's all about right, turnover. Okay. I mean, uh, Avengers Endgame made three billion, but it probably cost about a billion and a half to... Marketing. Um, $6 million? $38 million. Oh. It was quite popular. Anyway, there we go. So, that's... Uh, does this bring to an... If we're doing horror next, if I'm doing horror, are we doing one more film after that for season three and then bringing season three to a close? I don't know. Should we have this conversation offline rather than oh, okay. take right. up the time? All right, okay. No, 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 we've still got another couple of minutes left. But yeah, I, yeah, I guess we could do... bits and bobs to put in. Yeah, okay. Well, with with that, with the bits and bobs, don't go and watch Running Scared. <laughs> um, there'll be a horror film next. And shortly after that, we'll do our film. We'll do our season finale, whatever that's going to be. Mm. And then, oh, right, Have we done four. enough, though, for season three? Yeah, we've done loads. Have we? Yep. Have we? Yep. Yeah. I feel like we haven't really covered it. Pretty much. Okay, we've done right. John Claude Van Damme, we've done Stallone, uh, we've done Escape from New York, so we've done Kurt Russell, we've done Patrick Patrick Swayze. Oh, we've been all over the place. <laughs> we, we visited all the classics. We've done Rocky Four, and that's Not. all I wanted to do. <laughs> anyway, right, so on that note, lovely listeners, please do get in touch, especially Lisa 17. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, take care and we will see you next time so anyway it's a cheerio from me and a toodle pip from me Rusted Junk Rusted Junk Rusted Junk The Forgotten 80s Movies The Forgotten 80s Movies